episode of Tales of Crisis, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast with myself, your host, Martin Swaffield, and tonight my co-host is James Chalmers. Evening, Chalmers. Good evening. And how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. I'm excited to be doing another podcast. It's fun. Excellent. So for those that aren't aware, both myself and Chalmers are podcasters of the Tales of Sigmar podcast, which is an Age of Sigmar podcast, um, focusing on the northeast of England and Scotland tournament scene, among other things. And as we've both picked up Marvel Crisis Protocol, we thought we would do a podcast on that. Yes. How hard can it be? Exactly. Seasoned podcasters now. So, Chalmers, do you want to tell the uh, listeners a little bit about yourself for those that um, haven't listened to our previous podcasts? So I'm Chalmers, obviously. Um, I'm from down south. And I've moved up north about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, I started Newcastle Warlords about five years ago, which is our local gaming group. Um, we get a good probably 30 to 40 people each club night pre-COVID. So obviously we've not had a club night in almost a year now. <laughs> um, Worryingly so. Yeah. Um, I go to lots and lots of events when we can. I have lots of armies. I normally paint up a new army for every event. Um, and I'm just getting into Crisis Protocol. I think me and you bought it the same time, was it? More or less, yeah. Yeah. Um, but mine kind of sat on the shelf for quite a while. It's only been the last few months that I've actually started painting them up. So uh, I haven't bought any other packs yet. I'm kind of, unlike everything else, unlike when I do AOS and I just buy everything, this time I'm like, right, let's do the start set first and then buy some extra characters. So that's the plan. I've got three more to do from, from the uh, main set and then then I'm set. So at the minute, I'm just kind of learning the game on a TTS. Excellent. Uh, myself also from down south, but nowhere near as far south, more Yorkshire way. Um, being up in Newcastle for far too long now, it feels like. Um, been doing wargaming of one sort or another for similarly far too long, a good 30 <laughs> years, shall we say. <laughs> too um, long to count. <laughs> exactly. Uh, first dips into it all was like many people 40k like i say probably about 30 years ago now which makes me feel super old um went through i'd say the majority of the games workshop games have played a few historical games but never quite caught on with those um so this is my first real game that i've uh, been super enthusiastic about outside of the games workshop family um and there's a there's a number of differences from standard games workshop which is half the appeal to me it's fantastic it feels really liberating to play something completely different um so we'll cover that in a, in a later episode but did number of aos armies just before this as Chalmers said picked up the box set just under a year ago i would say sat yeah, on the shelf for a fair while I managed to get a physical game in real life in the summer um, and I've only had one real life game unfortunately other than a, a few attempts with my uh, five-year-old son which have <laughs> varying uh, success and it's been fantastic I picked it up on TTS um, with uh, somebody else from Warlords Thomas Carrot and we played quite regularly on a Monday and then joined a league joined some online tournaments and been pretty much hooked ever since so yeah that, that's a little bit about me so as well as 
who we are individually. As we mentioned, we do do the Tales of Sigmar podcast. That's something, Chalmers, you've been doing for quite a while now. And I, I kind of jumped on just over, well, it'd be more than a year now since you yeah, started doing that. I've been doing it, i trying to think now, three years, I think, on and off. Like We've had a few breaks and a couple of different co-hosts. But no, I mean, us two have been doing it for what, about a year and a half now, I think. Yeah, it was around November time we, we picked that up. And we're now created a Tales of War Games family as such. So Tales of Sigma and Tales of Crisis are both going to be part of that Tales of War Game family where we're going to do, well, you're already doing some Twitch stream painting on, on some of your stuff. And I've started streaming some of my uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol uh, TTS games on, on Twitch as well. So jump onto Twitch. We'll, we'll talk about how you can find us later on in the episode. For this episode, we just wanted to do a little bit of an intro and initial thoughts on Marvel Crisis Protocol for those that are thinking about getting in or those that have bought the box set and it sat on a shelf somewhere. Why do we love it? So, Chalmers, I'll let you start. Why Why do you love MCP? Uh, I'm a massive comic nerd, so it's, and I love wargaming, so it's kind of the uh, go-to game almost. No, I mean, I am a massive Marvel fanboy i kind of spent a lot of my wages when i was at college i used to work three different jobs so i used to have like quite a bit of a dispensable income and i spent it all at the local uh, uh comic shop with lots of subscriptions so my garage i've got three boxes full of comics i think it is from back then and um, i've not read as many recently i've kind of obviously as i've got older and with a kid and family i've kind of got other priorities but no, I mean, the models look amazing for M2P. It's like some of the models there are absolutely stunning. I think there's probably only two models in the whole range so far that I'm just not a fan of. Everything else is just like it hits home. And like, I think the joys of it is every single model is a character that you know and you kind of relate to and you've got like a feeling about. So whether you've just watched the films or whether you've like you're into properly into comics etc you'll know oh i know that one i know that one and like obviously everyone knows spider-man but you've got uh kind of the whole black order with thanos and uh, ebony moore and that and then you've got um the crime syndicate with kingpin and all of these kind of iconic characters that everyone's kind of grown up with and you can now just pick them up paint them and play a game with them and it's easy to play a game it's hard to master and that's the kind of game i like i i tried playing the batman game for a while but that was just way too confusing there's like so many rules on every character's card and like within the game itself whereas mcp it's a very straightforward rule set with lots of combos within the character cards itself yeah and i think you know you look at a lot of war games and you kind of take historics out of it because that's slightly different but most fantasy war games you look at them and go oh well you know got a lot of background writing to do and to really get you into the game you read that background and find some of it's great some of it's lesser good with marvel all of that's there the game don't need to worry about any of that as you say there's there's a back catalogue of a good 60 years worth of uh, comics out there and films and cartoons Personally, I, I never really got into the comics. I've started since playing the game to, to read more and I'm thoroughly enjoying them. But I was a massive fanboy from the films. Um, 
really bought into all of that and then as we've gone on i started to remember the tv cartoons i used to watch as a kid many of which had slipped my memory but listening to the theme tune of x-men again um <laughs> the other week you know <laughs> that brings back fantastic memories and uh me and my five-year-old son have sat and watched quite a few of the old x men uh original cartoons amazing yeah so we've gone through those and we've watched a couple of the spider-man ones as well and it brings back fantastic memories but as you say there's so many iconic characters on there that you just look at them you instantly recognize them whether that be from the films the comics or the cartoons and i've found as well i am learning about some of them in humans which is the the latest release that's just come out in america and is coming out in the uk next couple of weeks never heard of inhumans before and then i did a quick search and i remember thinking oh actually i remember seeing a couple of the episodes on of the tv series but hadn't really put two and two together and then realized this and realized that and yeah it's fantastic because it all links so well at the end of the day yeah 100 percent and it's you can always have like your favorites and you can just build around that the moment they release a uh, gambit and jubilee set for the next wave of x-men then i'm all over that one because gambit was my favorite x-men growing up so i yeah, just cannot wait for that disappointing in the films isn't he? he only got a really small part in the films at the end of it um yeah. so yeah i can i can definitely see there's deadpool is also coming very soon along with a couple of the others and there's a massive furore about that and you can tell there's there's certain characters and i think gambit will be one of those as well that people just flock to um but for those that like say haven't played a game yet or are are only a couple in for me as gameplay goes you kind of mentioned it it's it's relatively simple to pick up but quite difficult to master and i think it, it has definitely got a real competitive edge to it um but at the same time you can easily just play this for fun it is a fun game you've got superheroes that can throw other superheroes or superheroes that can throw cars and buildings on top of each other and push them and the rules are written really really thematically there's a good balance across it Um, i know people are talking about scope creep already but even then it's not this kind of scope creep that you see in other games it's still most of the scope creep is basically it's the newness people haven't quite worked out how it all works yet once they do it's perfectly balanced so um i think they've they've got that really well nailed now whether or not they can keep that with the release schedule that they've got because it's a pretty intense release schedule we tend to be getting between two and four character boxes a month whether they can keep that up all the way through or not remains to be seen. But at the moment, they've they've managed to keep a really good, balanced game that you can play competitively, but also play just for fun. And like I say, the, the fun elements, we've had quite a few games that have been fantastically thematic. And you just look at it and like, I'm, I'm controlling some of my favourite Marvel characters as they yeah. bounce around a board and fight. <laughs> other marvel characters it's it's fantastic so yeah I, I i absolutely love it on both both counts i can easily see myself playing this in real life with beers and pringles as they say um on a night time with some mates similarly i could easily see myself going to a real life tournament and playing this at a 
as competitively as I can play games. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, because we've got the Tales of War Games YouTube channel, and I, like with the size of the board as well, I can see this easily being a game that we could record a back report very easy on a when we can finally meet up and play. <laughs> um, yes. Just like you said, on the kitchen table and you're not having to kind of with the proper lighting and everything, you're not having to have a huge six by four board, etc., and all these massive armies, like just playing a game on that and recording it should be quite a straightforward thing. So Yeah, it's um, a three foot by three foot board for those that aren't sure. Um so as you say, it's it's not a massive size. It's I'm not sure it's quite clustered dining room table size, but it's it's easy to do. Yeah. And and that's the thing I like that's the thing I like about skirmish games like this is you can build the tables however you want them and they can look amazing. Especially with it being a modern day game, like based in modern day, you can buy so many different MDF kits or yes. printable scenery or anything like that and you can create whatever kind of themed board you you can think of. I've seen like subway tape uh, subway uh, stations and things like that with proper trains and you can do like obviously the cityscapes or kind of anything any, anything that you can yeah. think of you could probably have as a table yeah there's a lot of uh, new york based ones obviously but like you say there's this cosmic ones for thanos etc there's our asgardian tables there's a load of condon tables that i've seen your imagination is the limit on this it really is and as you say there's a number of mdf scenery out there that is it's not quite the exact size but it's it it can easily do i've picked up a couple of tt combat ones that fit perfectly the stuff that comes in the core box set is is really good and they've got some extra releases out there they're a bit pricey but again they're, they're great and they tell you the size of all the terrain on the bottom so for those yeah. that have picked up the box and wonder why their cars and buildings have got numbers at the bottom of them there, there's a reason for that um trust me read the rules <laughs> and as we say that there is plenty of fluff and there is plenty of them to come e- even when you look at the films you can easily go through the films and identify there's quite a few characters from the films that haven't been given models yet there's some fan favorites like fantastic four we don't have any of those guys yet there are other in in the pipeline and one of the things that they've said is that the characters are characters at a point in time in the marvel universe and by that it means that they can produce more than one so we've already got two black widows we got them quite early yeah. on um, but it means that you can have characters at different points in the marvel universe um and, and you can have different rules for them there's quite a few people talking about whether we'll get another iron man because he came in the core box set but wasn't classed as a leader um, it would be a surprise if he didn't because the amount of different variant iron man uh suits that he's featured in all exactly. the comics it's, <laughs> it's kind of like they should just have a like non-stop production line of different iron man yeah. suits we've got another captain america plan to come out now whether that's going to be Steve Rogers' Captain America or a different Captain America remains to be seen, but I think they are starting to line up some of these releases alongside some of the uh, stuff coming out on Disney+. Plus. Yes. So we know there's a um, Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series planned in a couple of months' time, so whether or not we will see something related to that, 
around the same time not too sure um but yeah the the possibilities are quite literally endless on on this um i started reading through the thor set of comics the the more recent set and um there's so many characters in there that you think oh that could easily have a, a model that could easily you know just taking a single marvel set of comics running through it and going well we don't have an odin yet um we don't have the sift we don't have any of those guys you know there's, there's a whole raft there um hemdal etc we don't have any of those guys so yeah there, there's multiple ones that you can have all over the shop yeah one of the other things i like about it which is starting to change but it, it still has it for me is the lack of a what i would class from other games is an alpha strike so there are many games 40k is the one that springs to mind but there are others where first turn you can easily lose a game and some of the things about marvel crisis protocol that i really like that kind of prevents this is a character doesn't just die it gets dazed and then it flips and then they get to go in the following turn now if you line it up correctly yes you can take out a character you can daze them at the end of one round and then if you get to go first in the next round you could then knock them out and take them off the board but that's one character that's not going to be your entire army there are a number of first turn plays that are starting to creep into the competitive element where that exposes certain points but even then there's quite easily at that point counter plays etc at that high level but generally in a relaxed atmosphere it's going to be a game that's going to go on quite a way through the the game you don't have that negative feeling of oh well that was great i've just painted up that model and it just got killed straight away um because you you will always get the chance to do something with them unless somebody specifically targets it um so that's one part of it i really like another part that we haven't quite touched on is and it is a bit that i'm missing at the moment is the models we mentioned are great, but the artwork on some of the cards and the artwork on Team Tactics cards and the tokens, etc. I was sorting through my collection the other day because I was having a bit of a, a rejig, and I can't wait to actually use it in real life. Um, yeah. <laughs> all, all all the parts of it that make up the game are, are just fantastic. So really looking forward to having some games in real life with it all. At the moment, we're just, as we mentioned, using... Uh, TTS, which is for those that don't know, tabletop simulator, um, something you can get on Steam. It has a a mod for Marvel Crisis Protocol, along with many others, and I, I'll be doing a video soon as to how to do that. But yeah, you you can get that, and that's how we've been playing. But I feel like we've we've missed a large chunk of the real life elements that also I think work so well with the game. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like the real life elements is always better than playing on a computer. However. I do quite like the TTS element at the minute because you can play a lot more games on TTS in a smaller period of time than you can can do in real life, if that makes sense. So you could yeah. almost play every single night without oh, yes. kind of yeah. getting whinged at by the other half because it's you just sat on the computer rather than being out or doing anything. So agreed and, and the mod itself is very slick so they, they've put a lot of work into the mod and it it's fantastic the clicking buttons that just automatically do a number of things for example power phases cleanup phases dropping the tokens moving the map around all of that is taken care of it, it is a fantastic one and it does make life super simple and i think 
even once we get to real life, those that are able to, I would always suggest would, you know, learn the game on the mod because it makes life so much easier. But yeah, like I say, there, there were elements that I started to look at the other night and I was like, I just put these in a box somewhere. You, know, <laughs> um, you, you open up the packet, you, you take the model out, you paint the model and then it all just goes in a box. Doesn't yeah. see the light of day again. Doesn't see the light of day until you can actually <laughs> use them in real life. But, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, the, the one thing I like with TTS is obviously you get access to everything. So if you can't afford to buy every single model out there, you can just play with all the range that's available. And you can also choose the ones that you kind of consider, well, the ones that you're considering to pick up to paint and play with down the line. It's You can then go, right, I wonder what this actually does in game and pick it in your roster and then. Absolutely. Um, on the table. Yeah, and and I think there's a number of war games out there that are currently experiencing that element of people just experimenting with random lists, etc. I'm currently painting up models that I just like the look of the models. Some of them I'm going to use in game. Some of them I'm probably never going to use in game. And uh, the models that I'm playing TTS with at the moment are not necessarily the models I have even bought, yet alone painted up. So there is a bit of freedom there. You're absolutely right. Which, again, yeah. fantastic. It lets you learn the game without having to invest. One thing I Yeah, would... I'm doing the same, to be honest. I'm kind of a... Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not buying any until I've finished painting the main set, but I'm also exper- experimenting with a lot of different models because I've kind of got three or four different lists of models that I want to uh, buy and paint at some point. But obviously, you can't, you can't afford to... But well, you could afford to buy everything, but <laughs> yes, thinking of somebody we saw bit. today who has quite literally bought everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, down the line, I'd love to get everything, but I need to kind of make strategic purchases at some point. So practicing with TTS and working out which ones I want to get first is probably the best way to go about it. Yeah. And I suppose, you know, two things on that one, one of the things I'm really enjoying is being able to paint individual models and take taking time on an individual model but also being able to mix up different colors and know that i don't need to be able to reproduce that one of the things yeah. i struggle with uh, quite often in painting an entire army is I'll, I'll come up with a scheme or something and then if i don't necessarily do anything on that for a couple of weeks i'll come back to anything what colors did i use how did i mix that what was the <laughs> ratio oh, oh you don't need to worry about any of that you just paint the one model the only thing i've kept the same is the bases and I've got a relatively simple recipe for that that is, is quite easy to do. So there's there's no real having to remember, oh, what did I do there? How did I do that? Or how do I make this one look particularly special compared to that one? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing to point as well, kind of elephant in the room as such, I've heard a lot of people saying about the price of it. The individual packs are not cheap, I think it's fair to say. Um, and if you do want to go out and collect the entire collection, it's not going to be cheap. But if you wanted to collect the entire AOS collection or 40k collection or, you know, think of other games, it's going to be a lot more expensive. You get a lot more models, but I kind of feel the, the key is you only need 10 models to create your roster. If you're playing with mates and you don't really care about doing rosters, etc., you only need between four and six models on the table. Now, you get 10 in the starter pack. So, it is relatively accessible to get into to start with. Yes, if you want to collect them all, that's going to cost you a fortune. Yes, if you're constantly changing in your, as we call, chasing the meta, 
as in constantly trying to have the best possible team again it's going to cost you one of the things that is different here than many of the games i've played in the past is the cards that come with the models and again because we've been playing on tts we haven't been restricted on the team tactics cards or the crisis cards whereas when we come to play in real life you can you'll only be able to use the ones that have come with the packets you've bought i can see that potentially being an issue for some heard a number of people saying it's always oh, too expensive but i think compared to other war games there's very few war games that aren't expensive these days um i think it, it kind of falls in line it's just you need a lot less models yeah i'm i've kind of said that myself that like i found it quite expensive uh when you price up a war band but yeah i can i can understand like you don't need as many models and people go well work out the cost of what you do for an aos army but like for me i'm like well yeah i'd probably spend more in an aos army but i'd have a lot more models <laughs> but it is one of them things that if you if you can kind of settle on a kind of a roster that you're happy with then once you've bought them then that's it and then you can just pick up one or two down the line and it's not gonna be i mean it's it could be a big expense from the offset but actually if you if you go right these are the only models that i'm going to play with for the time being then that's where you start with and if you're with a group of mates and you're all wanting to play then maybe chip in between all of you and get like kind of almost like the full range between a lot of you so you can all kind of just share like when you're happy to uh meet up and go right okay yeah let's play and here's the full range and we'll just pick from it that's another way of doing it absolutely and i kind of you, you we talk we'll talk about aos a lot and compare it to this because that's the two that we we know the best but the way i look at it is a big army like that i'm probably going to spend as long painting 10 models as i will do a full army of those because i tend to take more time on individuals when there's less to paint and that to me is one of the the value as such in a model is how much time because i i've started to enjoy painting all of a sudden i never used to it was always just a, a means to an end so that i could get extra points to or you didn't lose points when you went to a tournament you didn't have a painted army yeah um, but since we got into lockdown I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it and i think you know that's the other element for me is if it depends how you rate them all and depends what you you value but I, I i can totally see the the side that people say it is expensive and let's be honest you're talking on average around 30 pound for a character pack with two characters in so not cheap but as i say you only need 10 and once i think it's one of those ones once you get into a an area where you've got a fair few you can start to add as you say you start to add into that and again you start with 10 as part of the core box set so if you want to play one of those affiliations so avengers or cabal you can easily do that and then start to drop things in as you grow. Yeah. And that is the best place to start is that starter set because you get scenery, you get, like you said, uh, 10 models, which you've got your kind of favourites of the Avengers with Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man. You've got, what's it, Red Skull, you've got Ultron. Yeah. And you get all of that scenery and the rules and all the tokens. So without a shadow of a doubt, pick up that because that's the best value for money you're going to get absolutely and i think i picked mine up for about 65 70 pound i know varying prices depending on how where and how you pick them up but you know two or three character box sets worth it's it's really good value um 
so yeah absolutely go pick that up if you're thinking about it it is it's great game by itself even if you don't buy anything else for it so one of the plans going forward so i think we've talked about this we want to do the same once we get back to real life format that we do for tales of sigmar but just for marvel crisis protocol so that is tournament reports reviews of releases and, and talking about the local scene we currently don't have a local scene due to the the current pandemic um so we are going to do a, a, things a little differently to start with until we can actually get back to some form of normality so we're going to focus on some of the tts tournaments and leagues that have been happening we're going to do a more in-depth episode probably the next episode around why play and for beginners and then we're going to do a, a, a set of mini episodes called mini crisis it's a mini crisis series where we're just going to focus on different elements of the game and it's going to be aimed at beginners or people interested in getting into the game those that maybe haven't played lots of games yet just trying to explain the basics trying to get people used to it all and we really want to build the game as hopefully you've picked up I'm, i'm pretty enthusiastic about it and i really see this as as a great game going forward so i I would love to be able to bring more people in and and as i say the more the merrier there's been a a number of people that we're friends with from the aos scene that have either shown interest or have started to pick up a few bits here and there mainly just to paint because at the end of the day we're all geeks and we all love marvel or comics or dc or something along those lines so it's no real surprise and as you say at the end of the day it's wargaming and it's comic heroes so what's not to like um <laughs> the winning combination it is a winning combination as you say so hopefully we will get a northeastern scotland scene once things come back to normality i'll definitely happily run a couple of tournaments to try and drive some interest some beginner ones and some more intermediate ones um so yeah that that's the aim for it like I say for those that have listened to us in the past that's where we'll be going you'll, you'll know where we're going for those that are new welcome and yeah we'll, we'll do some beginner ones to start with and then once normality returns we'll um go back to the scene but again we'll we'll do episodes here and there more focused around the beginners and those getting into the game and um, to try and build the hobby build the scene so chalmers for those that have been converted where can they find you on the social medias uh, so I am at Tales of War Games on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. Excellent. So there's a there's a new Twitch channel then. There is. I did the first stream on Friday, so it went all right. Yeah, I'm going to be painting AOS and Marvel on Twitch. Try and aim to do kind of three nights a week. It's just working out which nights to do. It's the uh, <laughs> the far. I did say Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, but I don't think that's going to work now. So I need to kind of re replan to and reschedule bits but uh no i'm kind of doing that and i'm going to be doing some marvel painting videos on youtube as well so um just on some of the characters and how to kind of speed paint slash paint them it i I kind of don't (laughs) yeah i know i i don't really want to say speed paint because it's not going to be a speed paint but i don't want to say paint because it's not like to the massively like amazing standard standard isn't it it's getting a decent tabletop standard for your models yes yeah um so there'll be a few like hacks in there and cheats and how to do bits and because i campaign quite quickly to a decent standard so it'll be kind of doing some of the models on that it's just like i said working out which characters to get and then 
planning on which videos to do so we're going to be doing a bit of that and as we mentioned some of the battle reports down the line and things like that so this year is kind of a focus on that twitch and youtube and launching this extra podcast and all falling under the uh tales of war games brand so it should be fun a fun year ahead indeed and for myself you can catch me on twitter and instagram at martin swaffield and you can also catch me on twitch at tales of crisis and um, we've i've streamed a couple of tts episodes so far had a couple of issues where it's dropped out so i need to work on that before the next lot go on but I'll, I'll be definitely adding to that as we go probably i have a regular monday night slot where i uh, play a couple of regulars and I'll be streaming those going forward. So definitely on a Monday, and then hopefully we can jump on at different points. Excellent. And uh, everything will be on the uh, Tales of War Games website, which is www.talesofwargames.com. There you go. Go check it out. So thank you very much, Chalmers, and thank you very much, listeners. I hope to catch up with you all later. Take care.